Hello and welcome to Social Media Weekly, episode 13th October 2021. Social Media Weekly is brought to you by Virtual Palace Marketing, rehumanizing your marketing experience. My name is Sean. And I'm Jay. This week's news. This are Facebook's Facebook's post-Facebook files improvements. Uh, yeah, complicated. But a few weeks ago, Facebook was hit by a massive controversial uncovering of its internal papers. The gist of the papers, if you don't already know, which is called Facebook files, proves that when the company is faced with a choice of making money or protecting the safety of and mental health of its users, Facebook always chooses money. This also included promoting political and fake news. In light of the problem, Facebook is going to implement steps to address some key areas of concerns. They are as follows. Number one, reduce the presence of politics on people's feeds since people want more friends and less politics. Number two, add a new prompt on Instagram which will detect when users are repeatedly engaging with content that may not be conducive to their well-being. Then nudge them to look at other content instead. Number three, add a function to encourage users to take a break from Instagram, which will be focused on teens. So before I continue, let's talk about these three things. Uh, okay. Politics on people's news feeds. I don't like politics stuff because they're all a bunch of people brainwashing each other to do things that at the end of well, the I day, like only the... you will not benefit from anyway. So True. The only, I think the only good part about politics is when they start arguing and stuff like that. I mean, like that, that is the fun part. Besides that, no, I'm good. Yeah, you like <laughs> it for the drama, but not for the politics, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, so the second one, which is um, them detecting when teens, uh, teen users are repeatedly engaging with content that may not be conducive to their well-being, then will nudge them to look at other stuff. So, you know, maybe let's say... Uh, teenage girls look at other girls too much and they are they are too too caught up on how beautiful they should look and you know like you know those those kind of stuff like boys and girls who who look at other people who look better than them and they're like oh you know i feel so bad i sh- should be like I them but i'm not like them. yeah yeah then so i would consider that a negative content but i don't know if instagram considers that negative content we don't know, right? Then what will happen is they would nudge these teens to go, hey, look at the kittens instead. Then they would look at kittens and they say, oh, I want a kitten. You know, <laughs> so how would they know what's negative and what's not? Really, it really comes down to the person, right? Yeah, like, it depends on perspective, right? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, like when you look at an individual, so let's just give an example. So you look at an influencer, you look like how, how he enjoys life and see all of that. And Okay, let's just say the influencer is a bodybuilder, okay? Um, so he has a good set of like, big biceps and stuff like that. But then a lot of us tend to, in a sense, the negative part about it is like, oh, why can't I get there? Why am I not yeah. like him and all of that? And then it starts hitting to them. So it depends still, I still with this, I still think it depends on the individual itself, whether if they can accept it or not. But I want to see how Facebook is going to work around it because like you see, essentially it comes down to what is your perspective on it? Yeah, exactly. So um, two people with differing uh, mental states and perspective on the world can see the same content and take, take away with different things, right? Some, right. Can say, some can be motivated by 
people going on holidays. And some can complain, why is my life like crap and I don't get to go holidays when someone else gets to go holiday and they go down, you know, their, their mood gets worse and worse. So you're right. So we'll see. Uh, so the third yeah. one, which is a new function to encourage users to take a break from Instagram, which will be focused on teens. So I, uh, I suspect that there will be maybe a two-hour gap uh, cap and maybe they, it will stop working every 20 minutes. I don't know. I mean... I'm not sure Instagram will actually implement those things, but it doesn't hurt to see them try. Yep, true. But anyway, actually, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. about it. Like, how do they, I mean, like that break thing, how would it work? You remember when, when Instagram introduced this function where it says you're all caught up? You remember that? When mm. you're scrolling, when you're doing the doom scroll, oh, yeah, scrolling, scrolling, yes. then halfway through, it has this thing that says you're all caught up. And what goes after that are uh, all the posts that you have already seen. Yes, yes. Okay. And then, okay. then that is sort of the version of you're all caught up, which is to say that you have seen everything that needs to be seen. You're done. Please turn off Instagram and go do something else. So Instagram may be doing the same thing right now to encourage you just to take a break from Instagram, right? But Instagram introduced the you're all caught up for a while and then quietly removed it because we don't see it anymore. So, and then what they did was they brought in this other feature where once we are all caught up with our newsfeed, they start to show pictures and videos of a show post of people we don't follow. Hmm, okay. Yeah, true. So then it, 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 well. tries to, it tries to encourage us to explore more outside the list that we follow and hopefully get to get to you know follow more accounts or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I I think what Instagram says and what Instagram do is a completely different thing. Uh, because if they would have wanted to do this, the actions would have been been very apparent for by now. So yeah, it's all just um, lip service. Anyway, to continue, uh, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg yeah. also addressed the Facebook files issue by saying that they have been always trying to understand the harms his platform may do to its users by creating industry-leading programs to understand the issues. He also said that it was never their intention to promote and spread hateful content. Yeah, right. Since they make money from ads <laughs> and all the advertisements don't want their ads next to harmful and hateful content. Yeah, maybe. But still, most of the time, when we run ads and we don't want them to be next to harmful, hateful content, and they just appear next to harmful, hateful content, what can we do? We don't have a yep. choice, right? We still got run ads there. If Facebook really cares about its users, in my opinion, they can very easily change its algorithm to prevent content that is non-conducive. So instead of telling us to take a break, or instead of telling us, switching us from harmful to beneficial content, they should change the entire algorithm. Hmm. Like now the algorithm is focused on the more we see, the more they show us what we, we want to see. So let's say, for example, if uh, boys and girls who like to look at people who have more perfect bodies, perfect with air quotes here, perfect bodies mm -hmm. than they do, uh, the more Facebook and Instagram shows them pictures and content of people with more air quotes, perfect bodies than they do which will drive them down the level of depression is that they have what I 
they have what I don't have, they have what I want and I cannot achieve and I feel bad because I look ugly. Yep. So that, mm. that is what the algorithm focuses on. If Instagram can switch the algorithm to other things, like, hey, this is beautiful too. Hey, that's beautiful too. Then, you know, it would be nice. They don't have to nudge anybody to do anything. All they have to do is change the algorithm. But I don't think Facebook and Instagram is ready to change the algorithm because they know that's where the profit is. So whatever they're doing now, so whatever they're doing now, in my opinion, is all paying lip service. Hmm. Yeah, but that's the thing though. Like, um, when I look into this, um, what I see, I, I completely agree with you about changing the algorithm because now the thing is, is because it works. That is why they're sticking onto it. But I guess they want to try out different things as well. But essentially, I, I, do, I do agree with you that they need to change the algorithm to something much more healthier, I guess. Mm. All right. Next, Twitter officially launches ability to remove followers. Guys don't need to be waiting for too long. It's coming already. It's coming. Hmm. This may come as a surprise, but Twitter never had a one-click option for us to remove followers. Users have always needed to block an account to remove them from your following list and then unblock it again to avoid appearing like a total douche. Yep, you there. Just kidding. All right. Um, now Twitter is finally rolling out a one-click option that would skip all those steps. It may not seem like much for people with a limited number of followers, but it makes a difference with creators and influencers. Our users and influencers often cull their following lists in order to weed out inactive and non-engaging accounts. This will help boost their engagement rate when presenting to a client. I mean, when you talk about presenting to a client, I probably guess it would be better to show, like, because you, you, let's just say you have a lot of followers and a thousand followers and about like 200 of them are inactive uh, followers. It would look bad on the metrics, I would say, when you want to pre- present to a client. Um, yeah, what do you think about this, Sean? Like, I, re- I really like this. I think like, Instagram started it first and now finally like Twitter uh, adopts this. I think it's easier. La. Like I don't block and unblock people. I just mute them. As a normal user, <laughs> um, as a normal user, we don't really understand this for two reasons. Yep. Number one is that uh, we don't have enough followers to see benefit from a three-step process turn into a one-step process. Because yep. for us, it's just we block unblock, block, unblock, a two-step process, right? So we essentially just reducing one step. Uh, But if you're an influencer with hundreds of thousands of followers and you do the culling every single time, once a month or something like that, then it matters to you. It does save you a lot of time. That's 50% of the time saved there. And it also matters to people who, like when you mute them, they still follow you, right? So if you're a normal user, it doesn't really matter. But if you're an influencer and your metrics, your engagement rate metrics come into account, engagement rate um, takes into account the number of followers divided by the number of engagement you get. So the more followers who are not engaging with you lowers your engagement rate. Mm. So if you were to keep culling all your followers and reduce them and keep the the highly engaging ones active in your account and the non-engaging ones, you know some of them are bots. 
and they don't engage with you and they don't buy from you. So these are the accounts that are not beneficial to you. So you remove them. Yeah. I mean, like, it's so, but, better to clear out all those excess unwanted yes. following. Because why? Because why? Now brands are not looking for the number of followers or the number of, you know, followers essentially. They're looking for the engagement rate, which means that right. you can have millions of followers, but if only a few hundred engage with you, the brands will say, the rest are all fake. I don't yep. care about how many people are there. I care about how many people are seeing, communicating, and possibly becoming my customers. And yep. if 90% of these people in your account are bots, then bots will not buy anything from me. Correct. True. So that is where the value is with Twitter. With that like one for, click. One click. For us, uh, probably not. Like, for now, you're not famous yet. 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 I believe in the future, this will be very beneficial for us. Very. <laughs> very. 100%. <Yeah. laughs> Next up. Instagram releases two new features. Instagram just announced two new features that will help bring more transparency to its platform. The first is a response to Facebook's company-wide outage that lasted six hours uh, two weeks ago. Company, the company is including an alert that will let users know if the app is undergoing any glitches that are currently being worked on. It will appear in the notifications tab and will explain what is going on at the moment. This aims to reduce confusion as to why users' experiences are weirding out and if it's got anything to do with the app or the telco provider. I, I know people who, during the, the outage that happened two weeks ago... The blackout. Yeah, the blackout, <laughs> Facebook blackout. Uh, what they did was they uninstalled the apps and they reinstalled the apps again, thinking yep. that it was an app problem or it was their telco problem or something. But it wasn't. It was just Facebook's network. So, uh, but this thing comes with a major catch, right? The notifications would only work if Instagram itself is working. If last week's outage were to happen again, this little function would be hopeless, would be completely useless to anyone because if I can't access Instagram, I don't know what's going on because they can't send me a notification. So they will still mm -hmm. have to go to Twitter to find out if something is happening, right? Yep. So, but this, this only works for all the small, small little stuff. Like for example, oh, why, why isn't my, my Instagram stories loading up properly? Um, why are my photo, photos a bit wonky or something like that? Hmm. I guess probably what they need to come up with uh, just to avoid like those kind of predicaments uh, like the, a week back that we faced, which was the blackout. I think probably they need to make something like a trip switch. So immediately, like let's just say if something goes down, it just gives out an immediate notification or something so like if, that? If, if they need to give out the notification, that notification cannot be housed in the same server as everything else. Yep. It has to be in a backup server because if everything is in the same server, the notification won't even go out. All right. So that is the issue. So yeah, uh, maybe you know they can house this notification server in AWS or Google Cloud or whatever. Yeah. So the second yep. one is a tool that will notify users of their account status. An alert will pop up if we were to accidentally post something against community guidelines. It would also explain the steps that we can take to avoid it and what action to take if users do not agree with the decision. Uh, this will really help prevent users from suddenly getting their accounts banned without knowing why. There are a lot of people who um, kind of like try to thread the line between what is accepted and what is not accepted by Instagram, right? Um, a lot of body 
photos because yep. these posts do very well on Instagram. So every influencer wants to show a little bit of their body parts, right? A little bit too much and the post gets removed. So they don't know when it's too much. And sometimes they don't know until um, it, it gets, it's too late when the entire account um, gets, banned. Yep. gets banned. So that is, a, that is a problem. So having this account status update will really help um, content creators kind of like know where the boundaries are. At least in the sense, a handbrake for them, like, okay, pops up and like, hey, all right, I have to control my, this kind of content. I have to try to find a way to work around it. And if they yeah. give us like examples, so it would be quite good though. Like, it would be interesting. Um, yeah. The thing about it is Facebook and Instagram will always direct us to mm. this very common FAQ on yep. the list of things, but they don't really explain why. Like, for example, then, then it really comes down to the creator's doing the trial and error. Like for example, if I show three quarter of my tie, then it gets flagged. So let's show half of my tie and see what happens. That kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's a lot of trial and error. Push it a bit. Yeah. Push it a bit. It's a lot of trial and error. So if, um, if, if half of my tie is okay, then just go a little bit over the half and see how is it like, those kind of stuff. So that's, that's essentially how content creators deal with Instagram's um, community guidelines. Hmm. All right. All right. Up next, Clubhouse adds link sharing to rooms. The people at Clubhouse know that shareability is the key to content reach. A few weeks ago, they released Clips, a function that lets users share the last 30 seconds of a discussion on other social platforms. Last week, they announced the ability to share a room with a link, making it a lot easier to let other access live rooms from anywhere on the internet. Invited guests will need to download and have Clubhouse account to make use of the link. But this is still a useful start, I would say. What do you think about this? They should have done this a long time ago and I'm glad they're doing this now. That's all I can say. <laughs> finally, right? Yeah, finally. finally. Oh my goodness. It's so much more easier nowadays to share rooms. Lah. I don't need to like, hey bro, just come on Clubhouse. I just like, you know what? Just come here. I give you the link. Just come. <laughs> exactly. They just press you know? the link and it pops up the, it immediately opens up Clubhouse and brings you to the room straight away. Oh, heck, I remember last time we used to do this. We used to screenshot the rooms. Hey, we are in this room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Then they have to search accordingly and sometimes they can't even find it. So they have to find you in their friends list. And then like, you know, like say Sean is in this room, then you join Sean in this room kind of thing. Exactly. Like even like last week, we were talking about how hard is it to search for rooms. I mean, like they are making it easier for us to reach out to rooms. That's the good part about it. You know, any social room, any educational kind of room. Like if let's just say I have a friend of mine, I'm, I'm listening to a guy that is talking that I like. What is he talking about? I probably can just share it to my friends and it will be way much more easier with a link. Yeah, it, it saves so much time as well. Instead of like, I'm in this room, come here. And then like, next thing you get another text, where is the room? Um, yeah, I can't find it, the room. I, I where can't is find it? the room. Yeah. Bro, are you on Clubhouse? <laughs> he starts and before you, back. And then before you know it, bro, you don't have to come ready. I think never mind, bro. It's me, really, lah. Summer time, lah. Okay, bro. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so, it's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good upgrade for Clubhouse. Like mm-hmm. finally, good, good steps. Completely agree. Keep doing this, Clubhouse. Yeah. Keep making all your content uh, shareable. Shareability is a key here. 
making it shareable um, while not weirding people out and you know freaking them out with all the privacy stuff, yeah. then you will get more and more new um, signups, new users. Next up, Twitter adds new features to its paid tier. News of Twitter Blue, which is the paid tier, the paid tier of Twitter is called Twitter Blue, has fallen off the radar for a few months now. But uh, it appears now that Twitter has finally cobbled up the final list of benefits that comes with the paid tier. So the initial list includes undo tweets, which can be done with 30 seconds of posting the tweet. So undo tweets is something that everybody wanted because the problem with Twitter is that we can't undo tweets. Uh, second one is bookmark folders, which is the ability to categorize your saved tweets into assigned folders. Reader mode, which turns the messy threads into easy to read streams. Color theme, which let users change the UX of the app. App icons can also be changed and priority support from Twitter. So this initial list is actually focused on power users, journalists, writers, and all that, right? Because who else use bookmark folders? Nobody uses bookmark folders except for them. Yeah. Um, undo tweets is used for people who like to ramble a lot and then regret 30 seconds later what they said. <laughs> uh, right? So They do, like, then they regret, you know? <laughs> yes. People like uh, Elon Musk, um, gratefully, Elon Musk, because we have on the other end, Donald Trump, who doesn't even, who, who never agrees, who never regrets what he says. Um, then on the other end, you have all this, you know, little novelty stuff, like you can change the color of the theme and you can change the app icon. Of course, one thing is important as well, which is a priority support from Twitter. So when the initial list was first announced, even Twitter power users were not very thrilled to pay the $3 a month um, um, price tag. Then just last week, the company released additional features, which are top articles, which highlights the most shared articles in your network in the past 24 hours. This feature was part of a company acquired by Twitter in May, May this year called Nuzzle. Article Reader, which let users access ad-free articles from various publications. This is good because um, if you say ad-free articles from various publications, that means you know that Twitter is using your money to pay some uh, publication site for access of all these premium articles. Like, you know, um, The Economist or New York Times or something like that, right? This yeah. kind of premium stuff. So that's good. You know that, yeah? They're paying for something. Um, custom navigation, which you know the bottom bar of your of your Twitter app, you can actually mm -hmm. change. You can actually change the setup of the tabs. Like this button does what, that button does what. You can change all the functions of that. Uh, so there are, let's say for example, there are some functions that you don't use, and you are, you would like to replace it with something else. So with the, with the Twitter Blue version, you can actually do that. So for power users, I guess it works. Yep. Um, an allowance for longer video uploads at higher speed than non-paying users. Okay, once that once that was introduced, I now know that non-paying users are having their video uploads throttled down to a lower speed intentionally. Oh crap. Well, that's that's how they it's like a it's like a speed lane, right? It's like a fast lane, like uh kind of like smart tech. Right, you pay extra. You pay extra amount for a device or something, mm -hmm. and you go to a special lane where there's less crowd, so you get through faster. I mean, I, I, I. Now Twitter is making me want to buy this. You know, Twitter, what are you doing? Why you do this? <laughs> 
you know, like, Nah, man, later we can talk about it. Because we can talk about this. I think maybe so, I have to talk by a lot of people about this. <laughs> the final one is early access to new features that will be coming in the future. So I would expect this to be like all the things that they are testing mm-hmm. instead of it being testing, uh, being tested uh, based on geographic location, they are releasing to everyone on Twitter Blue first. So you get first dips on all the cool stuff. So that would be quite interesting as well because now you're special, right? You pay $3 a month, you're a bit special. So all of a sudden, and you agree, right? Uh, the $3 a month fee for Twitter Blue seems a little bit more worthwhile for power users yeah. like journalists and writers. Uh, but note this, right? These new lists, half of them are actually, half, half of these functions were actually functions taken by companies that they acquired. Hmm, okay. So if Twitter needs to continue to acquire companies in order to add functions to its Twitter Blue, they need to be selling a ton, a ton load of Twitter Blue in order to compensate for all the money yeah, that they're spending. Actually, hmm. actually I, I come to think of it, yeah, the amount of money we spend on this would be mad though. But even for Twitter Blue, so I, to be honest, I was quite surprised it was like $3 a month. Um, mm. It's actually, to be honest, it's very affordable, but with the amount of features that they're giving, I mean, I hope they're actually able to make a break even from that? Right. Uh, well, it, it's going to be a stretch, right? I, I guess that the first few years is going to be like, they're going to lose money for a while and they're going to have to keep pushing and hopefully the momentum will carry itself in a sense that uh, when enough journalists and writers, prominent writers and journalists are on Twitter Blue and they get this special treatment and other people want to be part of it as well and then they don't mind paying the $3 extra. But... You know, if you don't get the first batch of elites joining in, then it's a bit difficult to carry forward to the rest of the people. Mm, yeah, I agree with you on that as well. Mm. Mm. All right. Um, Social Media Weekly. Social Media Weekly podcast is available on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Our full videos are available on YouTube, and we post bits and clips on Instagram and Facebook. If you like Social Media Weekly, it would really help if you could rate and review it on the podcast feeder of your choice and on YouTube so more can discover it. Social Media Weekly is on the lookout for regular co-hosts to help bring more depth to our show. If you're interested, simply drop me an email at sean, that is S-H-A-W-N, at virtualpeddlers.com. This is Social Media Weekly episode 13th October 2021. My name is Sean. And I'm Jay and I bid you an adieu. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.